This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. <clears throat> well, I haven't been on here for a little bit, probably about two, three weeks now. But I want to title this podcast specifically... Um, What if? What if? So this podcast will be called What If? I actually had a different title for it earlier, but I was so busy I didn't have time to actually uh, do this at that time. So, But yeah, what if? What if everything that we believe... You know, like the the popular opinion of things is incorrect. And I feel like in this day and time, there's enough information out there for us to awaken and realize that that's probably true. In my personal opinion, I believe that we've been lied to for a long time. And... It makes sense once you understand what the truth is. Now, I didn't always know what the truth was because I didn't grow up in an atmosphere that was religious in any sense. I couldn't even say I grew up in an atmosphere that was spiritual. Um, But growing up, I do remember um, always, you know, looking up to my father and there's always a disconnect there that I noticed even at an early age that my dad was there but he 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 wasn't really there like he didn't he didn't invest any quality time into me or my sister you know um, a lot of times we've really just felt like uh, a bother, like we were annoying him or we were a nuisance. And uh, even though we got to be around my dad and see him when he came home from work, um, we didn't really have any quality time. So I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. And it took me a long time in life to find out what the truth is, to to what I really believe the truth is, which is. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And when you start studying him, everything starts to make sense dramatically. Dramatically. But um, I found out probably about Jesus the first time I think I could remember was... I had to have been around second and third grade. I was at my friend Sam's house. He was this big white kid with red hair. And a lot of kids was like intimidated by him because he was such a big kid. But I don't know. Like always, always got along with older kids and, and like the bad kids, like the kids that everybody was scared of. I don't know. I just, I never was fearful really of of anybody. So I think I just kind of got along with, you know, the people that most people didn't get along with, I guess, or or were afraid to approach. Um, Because I even remember uh, befriending this one kid at a Grove Poor. North middle school, I think. I don't know if it was north or south. I don't even remember, but it was the middle school. And it was this kid named Gordon Dye, this white kid. And I remember he got transferred to our school because the last school he was at, 
um, he tried to kill this kid. Like he came in and shot the kid in the face or shot him in the head or something like that. I don't know if I think he did murder. I think he did kill him. I'm pretty sure he murdered him, but um, he wasn't in jail. I mean, he was a kid, so I don't think anything really happened to him. But I was I was pretty good friends with him at that time or that year that he came there. Like, I remember sitting next to him at lunch and talking to him. And I remember all my teachers told me to stay away from him. And people were scared of him. You know, he was just a kid. But, uh, and I got cool with another kid uh, by the name of Javon Reynolds from uh, from Independence Village um, out east here in Columbus, Ohio, um, in the suburb Reynoldsburg, where Bow Wow is supposed to be from. But um, yeah, he was he he was really feared in my neighborhood. He was really feared in Independence Village, and because uh, he, I think he killed a couple people. But I know that I was talking to one girl, and he he told me that he had sex with her, and then she told me that he raped her. And she never reported it or not. But I guess it happened a lot. Things like that happen a lot, you know. But that, but Javon was so cool, man. He was always super, super, super cool to me. He never, like, snapped at me. He never came at me in any type of crazy way or anything. He was just a real good dude. And um, I actually met him through another friend of mine. But anyways, when I was growing up, I was bad, and I don't think I was bad at first. I knew I wasn't bad at first. I was just like a normal kid, but I quickly realized that um, if you didn't want people to like pick on you and mess with you, that you had to be bad, and my first name is Jupiter, so it's actually pronounced Jupiter because it's Spanish, but... You know, I just realized that it was the opposite type of world. Like, if you did something bad, people liked you and respected you. And if you did good stuff, you got made fun of. You know, if you try to, you know, follow orders and directions and and do what you was told. So, um, obviously, like every other human being on this earth, we all seek love and validation. We seek, we seek to be accepted and like we really really are looking for someone who really really gets us and understands us and sometimes it's weird like you do have those people in your life but you completely treat them messed up like you ignore them you play them to the left like you just really don't pay them no mind and those people really be there for you and don't nobody really be there for them but they still going above and beyond for you and I've seen this like you know when I was growing up I didn't there was no like it was homosexuality was non-existent in my mind frame like I did not see that so I say that to say this because what I was saying is like when I was younger, I would notice, like, there'd be, like, this pretty girl, and then she would probably have a friend that wasn't all into looks like that, like, didn't spend a lot of time focusing on um, putting makeup on and perfume and buying, like, the right type of outfits that coordinate collars or whatever. Like, they would just have, like, friends, but... These friends were like really friends for him. Like, let them borrow money, pick them up, take them places. How their parents pick them up, take them places. Like, they go all out for their they friends. And, like I said, I remember seeing this with like women and men or girls and boys. And, um, I don't know, but in life, as I got older, I see that a lot too. Like, we never are really fully aware of the opportunities that are right in front of us. Um, especially a lot of people who are um, selfish and 
only focused on themselves. Um, and I always, I can always remember hearing God talk to me. You know what I mean? Because I always had all these questions about stuff. And I would ask a question in my head and then there would be an answer. And then I'd be cool with that answer. So then I would have another question or I was always thinking about stuff. And um, um, so, yeah, I, know, I just noticed that um, at an early age that, you know, if you did bad things, you got the attention and you got the respect. Um, not like from my dad, of course, like my dad always wanted me to do the right thing. But, um, when I started becoming really bad, like when he had got started dating this younger lady, um, like I said, my dad was so self-absorbed now that he's dead. Like I don't, I don't have any hard feelings about it because my dad died from brain cancer. So who knows how long he was dealing with that. You know, it could have made him absent-minded and forgetful and, and things like that. I mean, who knows? But we're not to judge anybody. And that philosophy of not judging anybody comes from me being a Christian. I know I'm not a perfect Christian. I know I make mistakes. I sin all the time. But I became aware on a deep level that... I was always getting attacked and picked on. And it wasn't like this this kid was messing with me and then he told some other kids and now they're messing with me. It would be completely random. Like I could get into it with some kids at school and then go to the roller skating ring that weekend and get messed with by a whole another group of kids. So I was always fighting, and I remember I hated the fight. Like, I didn't like it. I didn't really understand. You know, I, I didn't understand why people fought. I also didn't really understand why people uh, complained and were negative and gossiped all the time. And these were things I would ask my dad, like, why do people do that? And like, why are people just sitting in front of the TV? And then why are they acting out the things that they're watching on TV? They start doing it. So I was always really aware of the, these things. And to this day, now that I'm older, like a lot older, I'm in my late 30s, people are still like that and they don't even realize that they're like that. Like at this stage in my life, I live alone and I'm alone pretty much 24-7. I mean, I work, of course, so I do interact with people every day. You know, all kinds of different people all day long. But at the end of the day, when I come home, um, you know, my wife and I have been separated almost two years now. And I highly doubt we'll ever get back together, um, which is fine. But um, it was hard because I didn't grow up with a mother. I just grew up with my dad. My dad was an immigrant here. And since he was an immigrant here, he had to try so much harder because he didn't speak the language. And even when he worked for other companies, the way they treated him because he couldn't speak English, which is really horrible treatment. And I guess they think if you don't speak English, that you're stupid. That's like an automatic thing. Like they just automatically think that you're retarded or that's not a good word. I apologize for saying that. But they just don't think um, that you you. you they just don't think you're intelligent. And my dad is, is highly intelligent. And, um, you know, he realized it too very early on when he came to this country that he gets paid crumbs, nothing, and he's doing all of the work. And his thing was, if I can learn to speak English and start learning to go make my own sales, then I can work for myself because I know how to do everything already. Since he was already doing these big signs, he does all kinds of signs, murals, airbrush, he would airbrush cars, vehicles. I seen him take a piece of wood, like a slice of wood, you know, like he would slice a cucumber, like a slice of wood, sand it down, and then draw a portrait of people on the portrait. 
and then engrave it. I mean, he just could do anything. Like, you know, later in life, he started doing like neon letters and LED lights. And he, I mean, my dad was just, just an incredible person. And he really was a good person. But he just, it was just so much to try to support a family out here. And like, my dad always lived in places where the rent was like at least, you know, 800 and up, which now, that's like normal, but you know, 30, 40 years ago, or yeah, probably about 30, 35 years ago, or whatever, that that was expensive. Like, you know, you 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 were paying for like a house, definitely. You're you're paying like fifteen hundred a month. You know, definitely paying for like a house. But anyways, um, I don't know, like. Honestly, I can't even say like I was fully aware of Satan till later on in my life. But once I really became fully aware of him, um, it explained my whole life to me immediately. It was just like boom, 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 boom. Everything made sense because I tried to kill myself a lot. And when I think like, why would I do that? I remember I heard somebody telling me to kill myself. I remember hearing that in my head. And demons make I statements. You know, demons say, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'll never get a date, I'll never get a good career or a good job, I'll never graduate high school, I'll never be a goody two-shoes, I'll never, whatever. But demons say these negative things and they use I statements. Why do they say I, I this and I that? Because they want you to think that you're thinking those thoughts when you're not. You know, sometimes we do think like that. When we when we go through our whole life like this, not knowing the enemy, then we think we have a mental disorder, that something's wrong with us mentally, that we're bipolar, schizophrenic. But you had to think back in the days, these terms never existed. People knew that people had demons. Like, they just knew people had demons, you know, and that's what it was. So when you see people today, like, they claim, like, I have bipolar, I have schizophrenia, you have to stop them and tell them, like, no, you don't. Like, God made you in his image. You are perfect. Like, I believe the Bible wholeheartedly now, but when I was younger, I I dibbled and dabbled in everything from Buddhism to uh, Islam and Uh, I was studying Hinduism, I was studying somebody named Sai Baba, S-A-I-B-A-B-A, I was studying Krishna, I mean, any and everything, you know, and I actually became a Christian at the age of 18, but when I started this podcast, uh, I started with saying the first time I really remember uh, hearing about Jesus or anything was when I was at my friend Sam Dordery's house. And me and him was playing or whatever. And we was like the same age, but he was just like a really big kid. So it looked like I was a little kid hanging out with a big kid. But we was the same age in the same grade, I think. I'm pretty sure. But uh, I don't know what it was. But I know that we were running around and playing and things like that. And we were upstairs. And I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I know I was cursing, I was cussing, I was just being bad, but I was really loud, and I knew I was loud enough to where his mom downstairs could hear me, so immediately she called him downstairs, and he brought me, and uh, she told him to sit on the stairs, and she had me come over to her, and she was like are you saved? And I was like, huh? I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea what it meant. And mind you, like we was in a nice area at this time. This was Worthington. But initially when me and my sister first came to Columbus, Ohio with my dad, we was in the hoods. I went to Norton Elementary. That was on the west side. Uh, My sister got raped out there. Um, I got molested by a female babysitter. Um, we just went through a lot of stuff, but I remember we used to dumpster dive looking for food and, um, 
Yeah, so it was it was tough. It was definitely not like a normal childhood, but I don't like never try to feel sorry for myself or nothing like that because there's kids, you know, in third world countries. This is their life story, meaning from birth to death, this is how they live, you know. Um, just in like really uh, non-livable conditions, you know, and that's their life. No electricity, no um, running water, like none of that. So I don't like try to, but as far as like being in America and stuff, like knowing that people here had like welfare and things like that that helped them when they were in poverty, uh, we weren't privy to that because my father was an immigrant and my dad used my social security number once I was born so that he wouldn't get deported. So he pretty much assumed my identity. I remember I had like a hit and run DUI at the age of eight years old. I got arrested for it at the age of 15. And I'm trying to tell the cops like, yo, I didn't do this. This wasn't me. How could you believe an eight year old kid would get drunk, uh, drive a vehicle and uh, run somebody over and take and flee the scene? So I'm not really sure what happened, like if that's really what had happened with my father or whatever. Like I never got to ask him. I just did the time for it, which was like three or four days in jail or something like that. It wasn't nothing serious. But I remember my dad was, he came here and picked me up when I got out. And he was just so beat up about it. Like it, it, it really hurt him to see that I went to jail for that, you know what I mean? Like, but there wasn't really nothing he could do. If you think about it, I mean, he would get deported, which means we would get deported and we wouldn't have been able to live in America, you know, which is a lot better than Mexico. Cause I heard there was like dead kids and the, the, like you just see corpses and stuff like laying around and the cartels and it's just bad there but when I was a kid that was the first time I heard about Jesus so I did get saved at that time she had me say the Lord's Prayer I got saved she told me not to cuss and I just went back playing with uh, Sam or whatever but um around the age of 18 I remember um I got saved again, and this time I got baptized, and I was going to an apostolic Christian church, which was kind of crazy because um, there'd just be people in there screaming and wailing and crying. Like, they had a whole room where you could just go in there and, like, cry. And I would see all these grown men in there crying, and I, the pastor was taking me, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, I didn't want to be there. Like, it just, I didn't like the energy. And he was like, nah, this is where people, you know, come to uh, re repent and ask for forgiveness for God. So all these concepts were new to me. But there was a time where they were all really focused on me trying to get me to speak in tongues. And it was like the whole church surrounded me and were laying hands on me. And I was starting to speak in tongues a little bit. But then I became conscious of it. Like, what? What the? What? What? What am I saying? As soon as I became conscious that I was speaking gibberish, it stopped. And they were like, "No, no!" They kept trying to get me to go back to, to doing it, and I couldn't. And they were they were all sad, and I felt like I let them down. And at this time, I was really trying to get my dad to go to church. Um, I was, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old, so I was preaching heavily to him about it and uh he was probably only like 45 or something or 40 at this time and um man it's it's tough to talk about my dad because he died march 9th uh 2018 and i'm 39 and that's he died on 39 and he 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 was alive for four days without food and water it's the saddest thing ever. Like, I was laying on my dad just, man, it's just, it was tough. <clears throat> and I worked in the funeral industry for five years, so I dealt with death so much. I mean, I don't even know how many dead people that I picked up 
how many dead kids that I picked up, you know, how many dead police officers I, I seen, you know, um, yeah, it's just, anyways, I got a lot of podcasts that I'm going to be doing in the future, and I just hope that, you know, in some way that it helps people, um, my, like I said, my real name is Jupiter, pronounced Jupiter. My last name is Reda de Leon. Uh, in English, it's Rueda de Leon. But um, from my last name, I had a stage name, a rap name by the name of Ilion. And it's spelled A-E-I-L-E-O-N. And you could Google that, A-E-I-L-E-O-N, and you'll find... Um, a wealth of music, datpiv.com, AudioMac, um, YouTube, and um, I think for the most part, most of the stuff is on datpiv.com. Um, I have lost a lot of stuff throughout the years, but um, I don't know. I think I'm going to just use this podcast to tell my life story. Of course, it'll all be in bits and pieces, but, you know, I've met a lot of interesting people. I met uh, Busy Bone, Brian McCain from Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's a Grammy Award winning group. They did songs with Tupac Shakur and the Notorious B.I.G. Um, they were really popular in the 90s, late 90s, um, I believe, and... Um, I met Freeway Ricky Ross, the drug kingpin, uh, the one that the rapper uh, Rose or Rick Ross uh, took his name from. Um, who else have I met? I've met a I met a handful of celebrities. Um, I was in a movie with Jason Statham, the dude from the Transporter. I was in the movie Parker as an extra. Um, I met Jamie Kennedy, the white dude from Malibu, Malibu's Most Wanted. Um, I was in a movie with him, uh, Surviving Compton, the Michelle biopic or the Michelle story. It wasn't straight out of Compton. It was like a other version that they did on TLC. I was an extra in that. Uh, and like as an extra, you don't even see me. Like you could blink and you'll miss me. So uh, I know, of course, where I'm at because I know what scenes I was in. But uh, just for like a random person looking, I doubt you'll ever see me in anything. Of course, I did just do the John Gotti movie where John Travolta is playing Gotti, and I was in the prison scene in there. But you never know if they're gonna use it. And um, I can't think of this movie I just did. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, Donnie Brook. Called Donnie Brook. I don't know. That'll come out in a year or so. Maybe I don't know. Usually when I do movies, it's like two years before it comes out. So uh, I was at SWAT 2. That was directed by Benny Boom. That actually got me started in the whole movie thing. Doing the extras. So I'm like, hey, yeah, why not? I mean... It's a guaranteed uh, amount of money for the day, and you're not even working, really. You're just sitting around. 90% of the time as an extra, you're just sitting around on set, you know. So it's like, hurry up, and then wait. Hurry up, wait. <clears throat> but um, I was signed to a talent agency, so I've been acting technically for um, eight years, because I, I started acting in 2010. So basically, eight years ago, I was 31. I'm like, uh, this music ain't paying. I did some songs with Busy Bone. I was on Busy Bone's album. And um, I didn't see any type of money like you imagine you would be getting, you know, a um, couple hundred dollars here and there. That goes so quick. But, um, Oh, I met Black Child from Murder, Inc. He was signed to Murder, Inc. That was a Ja Rule and the Shanti's label. He's actually a pretty good dude, for real. He really was a good dude. 
he got a bad rap for stabbing 50 Cent. Um, but, uh, man, he, he really is a good dude. We actually kind of fell out, um, doing some business, but I'm a Christian. I forgive everybody. Um, he said he was going to pay me a certain amount for doing this documentary. And I guess he changed his mind and felt like it was sufficient, but I was expecting a certain amount, and uh, he technically never paid me cash, to be honest, so he just tried to do some trade, and I don't know. It was a bad deal, but I know Satan was at work in that situation, because I knew before I even went to New York with him that um, that something bad was going to happen. Like I sensed it, and I was like, man, I don't know if I really want to put myself in a situation well, I just I, met, I just met this dude. I know I'm a Christian. I know that Satan hates me and is constantly trying to use whoever he can to go against me. And it's I mean when you're like <clears throat> there's a lot of Christians out there, right? But then you got a group of Christians that really want to be obedient to Christ. That really want to obey him because they love him. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey me. But he, we still have free will to do whatever we want, just like Satan and the fallen angels have free will to do what they want. So we do have free will, but we will be judged for every idle word that comes out of our mouth, and we will be judged, you know. Hopefully I could evade judgment and just end up in heaven, but I don't know. I don't know if I'll be so lucky. Um I think people that get raptured are better at being a Christian than I am. But I think God also takes into account, you know, who you are as an individual, the things that you went through in your life. So he judges your heart. He knows who's who's maliciously evil. I was there, though. You know what I mean? Like, um. And even when I seen Black Child last time, he said something to me. He's like, oh, you ain't like that. It made me so mad. Like, I wanted to stab him in his throat. Like, you don't know. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows what I've done in my past. Nobody knows the harm and the evil, malicious things that I've done in my past. You don't know anything about me. That's what I was thinking about this Black Child dude, right? And, but I was like, you know what? And I was pumping gas at the time. So the first thing I was thinking, because I had a lighter in my pocket, douse them with gasoline and burn them. I'm being honest though. You know what I'm saying? But I know God's word a lot better now. I know what's expected of me. I know that people are going to push my buttons. And I know it really comes from a place of insecurity. So... When he was like, oh, you ain't like that. In that split second, while I was thinking about squirting him with the gas, immediately, like, just take it out the gas tank and just keep it on him. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, what would he do if I did that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> I've tried to commit suicide three times in my life and was unsuccessful. Hanging, trying to hang myself. So, um, I don't know, but it just sucks when people attack each other because our enemy is Satan. And even though he said that, I knew where it was coming from. I seen the arrogance in it. He's so arrogant. Like even when I did this documentary, uh, it was so many things in it that he wanted edited out. He didn't want it to be uploaded on the internet or anything. And it's like, well, if you so real, you so gangster, like you you are who you are, then it shouldn't matter what what we put out because it's you. And you should just walk in your truth. But I also heard God telling me, like, he grew up in New York. It's it's different in New York, you know. They're always trying to outdo each other in New York. Like everything in New York. 
it's like Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like it's just a lot of a lot of bravado, machismo. Uh, you know, I, I just bought two new Bentley coupes or whatever. Like it's just it's constant competitiveness. And and then I heard God telling me like. Even though he grew up like that and that's a big part of his character, he is also at a point in his life where he's not like that anymore either. So that's what I heard God telling me in that moment. Like when he's like, oh, you ain't like that. It made me so mad that I, 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 my rage and anger, like I wanted to murder him. You know what I mean? And um, well, either way, I'm glad I, I didn't douse him with gasoline and light him on fire but um even when he walked away the way he looked at my vehicle because i had a pretty nice car i thought you know i don't know man it's just it's hard because you see arrogance in people and like i did a lot for him like i got him in that movie with jamie kennedy or whatever and um even when we was at the movie he would you know i don't know it was just I don't know, we just two different types of people, so that's what it is. And from his perspective, oh, you soft, you weak, you ain't built like that, you ain't no gangster. That's really what he was trying to come off and say. But in my head, I'm like, I mean, nobody knows how I think. Like, I was under that spell, the spell that he's under, the spell of Satan. I was under the spell of the world. But now that I know the truth, and I'm born again and I'm a Christian and I hear God's voice. There's no turning back. So I gave that to him. I'm like, you know what? You right. You right. I'm not of the world. Who wants to be of the world? Like this world is, is not going to be here. The sun, the earth, all this stuff's going to fade. Like it doesn't make sense to invest your life into something that doesn't even last long. I mean, look how quick time is speeding up already from from when from a year ago. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know who I'm speaking to on this, but you know. Um I remember trying to talk to Freeway Ricky Ross about Jesus. He wasn't trying to hear it. I didn't even know what he was. I think by the end of the time that I, I was around him, because I had a friend named Sean Stevenson who I don't deal with no more. I got mad love and respect for him, but there's just a part of my being that thinks he's an informant. And I don't do no street stuff no more, but I, I did used to be in the streets. Um, I wasn't like a drug kingpin or nothing like that, but I definitely played my part and um, sold heroin and crack and um weed and i mean i but i you know i was in that my whole life i, I remember being 16 17 uh robbing dope i robbed dope boys up until 2012 just to give you a little background see and black child don't know nothing about this i even busy would say crazy things to me not directly to my face he just made like diss songs and was trying to diss me like that. Yeah, when he like something about me pimping, but I did used to pimp. These aren't things that I was happy about though. But yeah, I used to run an escort service. I had like four or five women that lived with me, and you know, I did that. But yeah, I used to rob dope boys up to like 2012, and um, that just wasn't me either. You know what I mean, like. Even though you do these things, that don't make you who you are. God knows who we are. And once I started learning God's word and learning that there's, he's got promises for me that there's a destiny for me. Like he created me for a reason and the skills and the talents that I have were meant to be used to further the kingdom and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. I was under a strong delusion. Busybone told me to call the Aladdin Shriners Temple so that we could do rituals 
so his album could come out. So this was before I even knew what the Illuminati was, really before I knew anything in, in regards to the cannibalistic, demonic elites of our society, like how they live. Like I didn't know like Hillary Clinton was a cannibal that she molested uh, kids and, and, and raped kids and, and, and uh, tortured them and, and, and drank their blood and then ate their flesh. That might sound crazy to y'all, right? But you have to know, like, this is Satan's world. Jesus said that, you know, this is Satan's world. Or how else was Satan able to offer all the kingdoms of earth to Jesus? When Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights or whatever, and he was in the desert and he was at his weakest point, that's when Satan crept up on him. Like, Satan controls this place. The six media companies, you know, um, everybody's brainwashing program through the media. Why do you think they go so hard with trying to get you to sign up for cable? You know, but there's just a lot of lies out there. Like, I don't believe in evolution. I think it's really stupid to even believe such a thing that we evolved from apes. Well, how come none of the apes and chimpanzees and monkeys that we see now, how come none of them are evolving? If, if, if it's about evolution, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing with Satan. He's the father of lies, but a lie is a lie. And the truth will always show you that it's a lie. If the sun was however many miles away that, it, that they say that it is, why is space dark? Why is space black? Because if I turn on a light right now in my room, there's, there's no gap in, in the light. And like there may be shadows from like the corners of the walls. A door might be open and it's blocking the light to the, the wall behind it. So there's a shadow. But there's not just going to be, I turn the light on and the light hits, it, it's all black until it hits my face or hits my body. That does not make any sense. And a lack of gravity, which how would they really know? Because nobody's been to space. It's a glass firmament. That's exactly what it says. There's a glass firmament. And then the moon and the sun revolve around us, which makes sense because I got pictures with clouds behind the sun. Why don't you why don't you do some research on your own? Go outside, you know, on a cloudy day or whatever and and see uh, if you see any clouds behind the sun or take a picture and, and you may catch that. Because the sun is local. Also, they say rain comes from clouds. But many times in my life, I've seen it rain with no clouds. There's a glass firmament up there. And then there's water uh, above the glass firmament. Uh, those planets that we think are planets, I think in the book of Enoch, they were saying those are rogue stars that... Just like there's stars in the night sky that we see, the stars that are always there. When God created those, he was like, yo, these stars are here. They stay here. But the planets that we think are planets, those are stars that disobeyed God. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they've been, they were listening to Lucifer. I don't know. So Lucifer can help sell this whole thing that. There's that we're not that special, that there's other life forms in the universe. And yeah, I believe that there is a universe or whatever. I just don't believe that we can get to it. And I think it's actually pretty intelligent of God to not let us go into space. But no, I, I definitely don't believe um, that anybody can leave the earth. And um, there's some kid and his dad that for like a school project that's on youtube somewhere they created a, a rocket and they tried to launch this rocket into space and there's a camera on the rocket so from the view of the rocket from the camera on the rocket it's shooting up in the shooting up in the sky it's spinning around because it's, it's it's getting shot up there and boom it hits 
something see-through like glass and falls back down to the earth. That's all the proof I needed to see because it's not NASA, which is like Satan without the T. But I guess that red tongue from the snake could be the T. I don't know. Either way, I don't believe them. They admitted the Photoshop and stuff. Um, I don't believe that there's satellites at all in space because we'd be able to see it at nighttime. We don't see no satellites. Um, yeah, I do believe in UFOs, but those are the technology of the fallen angels, the demonic fallen angels. Tell me one one thing, one movie or anything. And I'm talking about the aliens, the ones that we see typically, like the gray aliens with the big head and the black eyes. Them dudes, like the one in the movie, Paul. Um, none of them seem nice. They all seem evil. Think about all the movies of aliens. They're like all evil. But even when you hear stories of people being abducted, um, those... Um, those are not good experiences, obviously. They're getting abducted. They're getting probed and messed with. And that's why I think we're dealing with all of these gender issues. Because women were abducted. They had, they had hybrids planted in their stomach. Um, you got to think, right? Like, after the flood, when God got rid of, you know, all these demonic entities, they didn't die. They were just disembodied spirits. And, and and a lot of them were cast out to the ocean or whatever, but they're uh they're still they're still demons, they're still demonic, you know what I mean? And um they're always been trying to find a vessel. The and I think uh through human cloning, I know that's real. And uh, even uh, this dude, Donald Marshall, came out talking about it. And he just had a lot of information and it matched up with um, scientists, the people that are actually talking about cloning. So, um, plus it was weird because he was on like the Megadeth album cover. And um, it looks like him now, but they did it when... He was younger, so I don't know they did it through his his clone or what have you, but it's just interesting things. Like all this information is out out there. You just gotta read the King James Version of the Bible because they're also manipulating Bibles. I mean, you even got the Pope, because there's a lot of people who are Catholic, right? Actually all my family was Catholic. Well, they're Latino, not saying that like all Spanish people are Catholic, but um, I was a Christian. So I think that was kind of like a barrier I had with my dad because, um, you know, I don't know. They, they kind of believe a lot of things that the Pope says, but the Pope says that he can forgive sins, which is laughable because that's not true. Only only our father up in heaven can do that. And um, he is our father, you know. And we would never be able to bridge that gap between God and man without Jesus. It's just impossible, you know. I think the closest thing to God that we will ever know in the physical form is Jesus. And once we get to heaven, you know, we'll have an eternity to talk to God and learn. It's only going to be an ever forward moving progression. Like, God doesn't get old, man. Like, he's, he's eternal. He exists outside of time. And, um, I don't know. I have a lot, I had a lot of questions that I think a lot of people do have. Cause some people will ask me this question mainly. Uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't get that. Like, why do you got to worship like three people? And the best way that I could explain that, the way that I understood it, was if you are a father, because you have children, that makes you a father. But you're also a husband 
to your wife, you're a husband to your wife, you're a father to your children, and then you could be a friend to your neighbor, right? Three things. So that's kind of how I looked at it. You know what I mean? Um, I think there was even somewhere it said in the Bible where you could blaspheme God and Jesus, but you could never blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's, that's deep. That's crazy. That lets you know how powerful the Holy Spirit is. I think the Holy Spirit is what created everything. I feel like, um, but also feel like it's, it's definitely alive, you know what I mean? And um, I think it's like the spirit or the essence of God <clears throat> that that's in everything. That's why they said, like, when Jesus was teaching, like, you don't even have to teach from the Bible just to understand truth because God is in everything. If you look at little ants, ants live seven days. <laughs> that's not long at all, right? Seven days is a week. So ants only live a week, but of course it's probably a lot longer to them because they're ants and that could be like 70 years, who knows. But my point is even ants who don't seem intelligent store and save. So shouldn't we store and save? Should we not? Like, we shouldn't be frivolous with our money. We shouldn't just be impulse buying. Like, think about how programmed we are in America, right? We get large portions for everything we eat. We don't need to eat that much. Our bodies don't need to eat that much. But it's greed, right? That's not good. Um, And then, like, when I was growing up, like I said, I didn't know nothing about homosexuality. But now, you can't get rid of it. It's on the TV, it's on billboards, it's it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting to me. I can't stand it. I work out every single day, and every single day that I go to the gym, I promise you, there's there's at least five or six out of ten people in there that are homosexual. And it's so uncomfortable when when men are fucking gawking at you. I understand how women feel. When men are uh, just staring at them and like obsessed, like constantly just staring at them, gawking at them, looking at them. I mean, <clears throat> it's creepy. It makes me want to fight. And I'm really trying not to be an aggressive person no more. Like I used to all, I used to pride myself. I'm like, oh, I get into at least three or four fights a year in the street. Street fights. You know what I mean? And now I, I can't even tell you the last time. I got into a physical fight. Actually, I probably could tell you because it wasn't it wasn't that long ago, but it was at least three about three years ago. And January 2015 is when I really, really uh, decided to, to give my life to Christ for real. It was the third time really in my life. But this time I was serious. I flushed all my dope down the toilet. It kept coming up for like two or three days. Like, I'd flush it in the toilet, but it'd, it'd still come back up. And um, I know my wife at the time was just like, what? Like, why would you do that? Like, you could at least sold it and got the money for it, you know? She didn't say it, but that I just felt like that's how she was thinking, you know? But I know that she had to know that I was serious about giving my life to Christ and proving it to him. And it was tough, man. For like six months, I, I really, really struggle and I'm like God you know I'm doing this I'm being obedient um why aren't you why aren't you helping me you know why aren't you doing this or that for me and I found this um YouTube channel called Still Small Voice the lady that runs it his name is Claire the Boy the boys like Boise Idaho or something like that but all I know is that her and her husband sent me like $850 to start start a lawn care company. And I did just that. Like I took that money that they gave me and I spent it on lawnmowers, weed whackers. Um, and I even called my lawn care company, won, won this lawn care, 
And I had a logo of Jesus on it uh, for my logo. But um, anyways, I call this podcast What If because I basically just wanted to get out the concept like, you know, to, to put, put it in your mind like, well, what if I, did, you know, we all grew up like, well, what if I just grew up rich and I didn't have to struggle? Wouldn't I be doing? I bet I would have had a better life, a better this, a better that. You know, we could always say what if, but what I love about Jesus is, <laughs> I mean, he's the, you know, he the father, he, he, he is the father, but he is the father, you know, he's the son of the father. So Jesus is, even though he is like a father to us, he is kind of like a big brother too, though, you know what I mean? Because we're all children of God. But Jesus can fix anything, you know. And when you become a Christian, you know, when you when you say the sinner's prayer and you're like, Jesus, I know that you came here and you died for our sins. I know that you're the son of God, that you came here, you died for our sins. Um, please forgive me. Please help me to change my ways and repent from the wrong things that I'm doing. Uh Please uh, come inside of my heart to live and, you know, just just, you know, acknowledge that, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, that he died for our sins and um, that uh, everything then changes. I mean, you might not notice it right away, but. Um, there will be a meaning for everything and even the bad things that happen, even though it doesn't seem like it at the time, there is a a reason for it and you'll figure out that reason later. Like when I started discovering things about busy bone, it, 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 it made me look at him in a different light when at first I looked at him like my brother. And I didn't care about anything that he did because that's my brother. And I can say that honestly today, that's how I feel about everybody. About Black Child, Free Ray Ricky Ross, um, Busy Bone, um, my friends of my life. Like I can name them, but you probably don't know them. You know, friends and family in my life, my father, my brothers, my sister. Um, I love everybody. I really do. And I understand that. One day, every the communication will be all cleared up. There will be no evil. There will be no tears or sadness or anything. And we could truly enjoy the presence of each other without Satan. Because Satan is the problem. You know, without Satan, things would be a lot better. And so we will get to experience that. But we got to try to listen to God. You know, we have to try to obey him because he does know better. But he does give us free will so you can learn for yourself, you know, you can learn for yourself like, oh, sleeping with prostitutes and smoking dope and crystal meth every single day uh, isn't really a good thing. I lost all my teeth. I got AIDS, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, there's a reason why he, he wants us to obey him, you know, and it's it's for our own good you know he's looking out for us there's so many things that he wants to bless us with you know we just have to ask we have to just stay tuned in and how you know is you learn the word you study the bible so that way in life when you have questions about things you'll know because you know his word and i also try to paint a picture like this for a lot of people like say the end of the world is about to happen, right? And the only people that are going to survive are the millionaires and billionaires. And you know a millionaire or a billionaire right now, but you're not even taking any time to get to know them. And then you also know that this catalytic event is about to happen or the grid is about to get shut down. There's not going to be any electricity or running water or whatever. Like, you know, something bad is about to happen. And you know that if you was cool with this millionaire or billionaire, like if you took the time to get to know them, that they would let you live on their land 
or in their, you know, whatever it is on acres of land or compound or housing facility, their apartment complex, because you guys know each other. But if you knock on their door and you never took the time to know them and you knock on their door after everything hits the fan, the chances of them letting you in are slim to none because at that point it's like you're just a random person. So I don't know. I would just say study Jesus and just see what happens. But take it seriously because it's not a game. It's about life and death eternally, heaven or hell.